0: November 3rd is All Saints Sunday. This is the worship service where we remember and celebrate our church members and loved ones who have passed away during the last year. If you have someone that you would like recognized at our All Saints service, please fill out information on the tear tab of your bulletin and place it in the offering plate. This will be a very moving service so feel free to invite family and friends whose lives were touched by your loved one who has passed. Hi, I'm Pam Corneman and I'm a member of the congregation's Legacy Committee. The Legacy Committee exists for two reasons. First, to celebrate all the ways our endowment supports our church and second, to encourage you to think about ways you can be part of this enduring ministry. So, we will be here a couple times a month sharing something we accomplished with our endowment or to share ways we can all be part of the future of this wonderful church we look forward to it
1: question how long has it been since you invited someone to church a week ago a month ago longer a recent study shows that 47 percent of americans say they would attend church if someone would just invite
2: them. I'll be inside in a minute. I'm gonna say hey to Joe. Hey Joe. Hey Mike. Flower beds are looking good, neighbor.
0: Yep. You guys just get back from church? Ah, yeah, yeah, just been at the church house. I wonder why he never invites me to church. I
1: mean, I'd go if he asked me to go. This is the way it is. I'm out in my
2: front yard when he comes home from church. It's always so awkward.
1: It's so awkward. And I'm so hungry. Ugh. I think my wife made goulash. I love goulash. Oh,
0: maybe Joe would like some goulash for lunch.
1: Hey, Joe. Here comes the
0: invitation to church.
1: Yeah? You want to come over sure, for Sure, I'd goulash. love to go to church with you. What'd you just say? What'd you just say? No, what... no what'd No, what you say? what'd no, you, what say? you say? You said something about God. God? God? Goo. 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 Goulash. Goulash. It's a...
2: You're having goulash at your church? No. No, at my house. You're having... You're inviting me over for goulash? Yeah.
0: At your... Goulash. Yeah, who doesn't like goulash? i like some goulash. Yeah, sign
2: me up. Goulash. I'll check and make sure we have enough. I see you walking away. Uh all right. Thank you, Kobe, for finding that. <laughs> That's the first time I saw that too. Um, hopefully, that didn't look familiar. Oh, maybe. Turn me down just a little bit, Dustin. I don't know if you can hear me or not. There we go. All right, good deal. Welcome to church welcome to the space where we gather together um, in anticipation and expectation of encountering Christ and encountering encountering His Spirit. What better place to invite friends to come and join us, yes? Um, A place where uh, we all seek to connect with God, to connect with one another, to allow the Spirit to work deep within us, to continue to shape us and to form us so that we might go out and we might Live life as God intended us to live life so that we might um, be life-giving people who invite others to connect with Christ. And so let us stand and rise this day as we are reminded as the acolytes bring the lights in that we are reminded that Christ is here with us this day. Gracious God, pour out your spirit upon us, pour out your grace and your love upon us, Lord, that um, as we gather in this space, we will indeed know that we have experienced Your presence. Uh, By that Holy Spirit, shape us and form us and draw us closer to you as we come to offer our praise and our worship, as we come to be shaped and formed by your spirit. In Christ's name, amen. Now let us join our voices together as we sing God of grace and God of glory. amen. You may be seated. I invite us um, at this time, as we uh, join together in this prayer, um, I invite us to open up our hearts and open up our minds um, to listen for God to speak to us and through us in this time. Um During the prayer, there'll be some moments of silence where you will be invited to offer up your prayers uh, to God in this moment and this time. And I invite you um, to do so as we um, gather in this space to continue our communication with God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, as we gather in this space, we come asking your spirit to help us set aside those things which distract us from your presence among us, Um, those things which um, cause us to miss the presence of your spirit and to miss your voice which speaks to us in the midst of our worship. As we gather together, Lord, we come and we we confess that this week we have not always been the people that you intended us to be, that um, we have failed sometimes to do that to which you have called us, and sometimes we have participated in those things that um, weren't so Christ-like. Forgive us for those times this week when we missed opportunities to be generous, where we missed opportunities to invite and engage our neighbors in conversation. Forgive us for those times when we were in such a hurry this week that we just rushed past people rather than taking time to connect with them. Forgive us, Lord, for those times this week when we were so busy We even forgot that you were around us and with us. Hear our prayers, Lord, as we offer up those specific instances that we remember this week where we simply weren't all you intended us to be. Gracious God, we are indeed thankful that you are a forgiving God, that you are a God of second and third and fourth chances. And so as we gather in this space, we ask you to pour out your spirit upon us. Enable us, Lord, that as we go forth into the coming week, that we will be reminded of your presence with us in each and every moment that we will be enabled and empowered to be a generous and loving people that we will be awake to those whom you put in our path whether it's just to strike up a conversation or to invite them to come and join us in worship enable us to be ever aware of you at work in the midst of our community and the world so that we might join with you in spreading your love and your grace so that people who are hurting and broken might be healed, so that people who are lost might discover you, so that people who are discouraged might find hope. Indeed, pour out your Spirit upon us this day. Be with those who are sick and ill and struggling this day. Celebrate with us the joys and the places where we have seen you at work in our lives, in our, in our community. But most of all, Spirit, continue to shape us and form us and send us forth into the world so that we might be your hands and your feet. So that your love might be made real. And so the people might experience healing and wholeness and hope and so it is we join our voices together in the prayer that jesus taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please join me in our next song, Lord, I Need You.
1: lord i come i confess bowing here i find my rest without you i fall apart you're the one that guides rise to you When temptation comes my way When I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay When I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay All right. how we need you so desperately
2: in every moment in every space of our lives we need you as we come this morning emptying ourselves of all that we are let us be filled with all that you are in Christ's name, amen kids if you would like to come forward for the children's moment and everyone else take a moment to greet somebody around you say hi this morning
0: Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Good. Can anyone tell me what's coming up this Thursday that you might be a little excited about? Shout it out. What's coming up? Halloween. Halloween. Right. So tell me, what are some things that are going to go on for you Halloween night? What are you going to do? Go ahead. Start saying. What are you going to do? Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Give out candy. Give out candy. Anyone going to wear a costume? All right, so great. Yeah, so sometimes uh, when we're going to go trigger-treating, sometimes we go out there and we get really great treats like Snickers and Rice Krispie treats. And sometimes we get tricks. So sometimes when we go somewhere and we knock on the door or use the doorbell, we get scary masks or we run into, like, big fake spiders or sometimes people spray silly string at us, right? So sometimes we don't always get treats. Sometimes we get tricks on Halloween, correct? Yeah. Well... You know what? I am just so glad that God doesn't give bad treats. Whenever I talk to him, I never have to worry that God's going to be in a bad mood or that God's going to ignore me or that, you know, God doesn't love me because God loves us all the time. And God gives us good treats like peace and forgiveness, and he gives us love, which is the best treat of all. Will you pray with me for a moment? God, thank you for this day, and thank you for all the wonderful treats that you provide us with. Thank you for your son, and protect our little Trigger Treaters this Halloween. In your name, amen. you. Mm-hmm.
1: for you get-
2: Awesome, thank you. A couple of things I forgot earlier. First of all, please be sure to fill out the attendance sheet. Put your name on there. Um, Any juries or concerns you have, put on the back. And when it comes time for offering, you'll be invited uh, to put those in the offering plate. And then, uh, secondly, Don created this great tool um, for kids. That you can take notes, uh, you can draw pictures, um, and uh, it's got it's got questions about um, what you remember about worship in general. And so each Sunday, these will be provided, and you'll be encouraged to pick them up. Um, They also might be a good tool for some of you bigger kids. You know, some of you bigger kids might like these. I know you would. That's why I gave it to you. A uh, if, if, uh, uh, good thing to just uh, take notes if you need to. Uh, if you're not a note taker, that's fine. Uh, but um, please uh, know that those are available. Um, I want to welcome folks who are joining us in worship by <laughs> Facebook or by audio. You know that we now have worship on Facebook and audio. And, and as a matter of fact, Matt... And Dustin, you step out of there, (laughs) step out of there, come on, everybody turn around, wave so they know who you are. Um, Those are the two folks um, that really got this kicked off, and then of course Kobe um, does the Facebook on his phone, but they're going to be working on some other things. Um, Can we tell them how much we appreciate them? If you're joining us by Facebook or by audio, we encourage you to reach out to us either on our website or by email just to let us know that you're participating as we continue uh, to figure out um, how we can do this aspect of ministry better so that either when folks aren't here, uh, they can still be connected, or um, maybe there are folks who are listening um, that um, aren't connected to this church, and this is the first place when uh, you all might just learn a little bit about Cameron United Methodist Church, and about Jesus Christ. So um, let's celebrate that and continue to keep that uplifted. I wonder if um, I were to go about town and I were to ask a stranger, tell me what you know about Cameron United Methodist Church. What might they say? I mean, would they say, "Uh, who? You mean there's the United Methodist Church in Cameron? I didn't know that. Or would they roll their eyes and say, "Uh, oh, those people. (laughs) Or maybe they would say, oh, yeah, we know those folks. They are really active in the community, and they really make a difference. I wonder what people would say if they were simply asked, tell me what you know about Cameron United Methodist Church. I know what I hope they would say, um, and um, we're going to keep working uh, toward that in hopes that Cameron United Methodist Church uh, will be known as a place where folks encounter God, experience His love and His grace, and where their lives are changed and shaped and formed. So that they discover how God has uniquely gifted them, um, but I just wonder. I, I wonder. Um, I wonder if uh, um, previous pastors were to write a letter. I mean, you know, Paul wrote letters to his churches, right? And we're gonna we're gonna look at a couple of those. I wonder if previous pastors wrote a letter back to the church. I wonder what it might look like and what it might say. There are some churches who don't want to read the letters that pastors who have left there have said. You know, the churches that are known uh, to change pastors about every couple of years. But I wonder. I wonder what might be said. I wonder if the letter... You know, at the beginning of all Paul's letters, usually um, he, he has uh, at least a few good things to say about churches, right? But I, I wonder if a letter written about Cameron United Methodist Church, if, if the letter might begin like this from Galatians. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins so he could deliver us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to God be the glory forever and ever Amen. And then he goes on to say, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and following another gospel. Hopefully the letter wouldn't begin that way. I think Galatians is the only letter in which Paul um, apparently is struggling so much with the church at Galatia uh, that... um, he finds it difficult to say even anything positive and he immediately launches into this how quickly you have deserted the one who called you by grace Now none of us would like it would we if that's the letter that was sent Here's what we would like to hear right This comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 <clears throat> From Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the Thessalonians church that is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you when we mention you constantly in our prayers. This is because we remember your work that comes from faith, your effort that comes from love, and your perseverance that comes from hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the presence of our Lord and God, and Father. Brothers and sisters, you are loved by God, and we know that He has chosen you. We know this because our good news didn't come to you just in speech, but also with power and the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know as well as we do what kind of people we were when we were with you, which was for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord when you accepted the message that came from the Holy Spirit with joy in spite of great suffering. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The message that the, Lord, the message about the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place. The news about your faithfulness to God has spread so that we don't even need to mention it people tell us about what sort of welcome we had from you and how you turned to God from idols. As a result, you are serving the living and true God and you are waiting for his son from heaven. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God this day. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd much prefer to get a letter that began like the letter to the Thessalonians than the letter to the Galatians, yes? I mean, listen to the things that that he says in there. He says, you are loved by God. The good news came in the power of the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. The message rang out from you, not just within your local region, but everywhere. Everywhere. Folks had heard so much about this church that Paul didn't even need to say anything about the church other than their name, and people said, oh, yes, we know that church. That church is a church of hospitality and generosity. That is a church that makes God's love known and, and spreads the gospel of Christ we have we know about their faithfulness and about their love for God and their love for others we know that they serve God in anticipation of his kingdom that is arriving and coming and breaking into our world This this whole letter, both this letter and and the letter to uh, Philippians, Paul just celebrates these flourishing communities of Christ followers. And so it seems like it might be wise for us to to take a look at at this passage and and, uh, look at what it was that made the church at Thessalonica such an effective Um, church, such an effective uh, church which spreads the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think if we look in in verse 3, we get an idea where Paul says, works that come from faith, effort that comes from love, and perseverance that comes from hope. I think if we look at most of the early churches um, and the gatherings of Christ followers, we find out that it, it's not the programs, it's not the processes, it's, it's not the, the methods or the structures of the church that made them effective, that drew people to Jesus Christ, but it was the fact that they, uh, that they lived by faith, that they were defined and known by love, and that they were a beacon or a voice of hope in a fallen and broken world. You see, indeed, it is the churches uh, that are filled with faith and love and hope that truly make a difference in their communities. Uh, They are the churches uh, that are known by name. That's the kind of church that uh, I hope that Cameron United Methodist Church is or, or is Becoming. A church that lives by faith. Remember, the word faith has this connotation of trust and obedience in God. To live by faith meant that they were a community or it means to be a community that is in an ongoing vital relationship with God. A relationship in which we learn to recognize and listen to God's voice. And to respond to that voice by going and doing as God calls and leads us to do. It's a church uh, that doesn't just say, I'm going to pray about this. But it's a, it's a church that, uh, that is so familiar with God and knows God's ways and God's will that we actually participate with God. We don't have to uh, pray to God and say, God, should we show hospitality to people? We don't have to pray and, and say, uh, uh, God, um, how can we help people or should we invite people? We are connected to, to God and to Jesus and we know uh, that He calls us and leads us to show hospitality, to reach out, to show generosity, and to serve others. But you see, a church that lives by faith, a church that lives by faith allows the Spirit to lead them into new experiences of who God is and of what God is up to in our community and the world around us. A church that lives by faith goes to places and does things they never would have dreamed of because God prods and pushes, and invites, and challenges, and they respond by doing as God directs. Such churches not only live by faith, but they are defined and they are known by love. They are churches that that don't just love one another, but they are churches that have learned that love is not this this warm, fuzzy feeling that we often act as if love is. They are churches that have learned about the cruciform love of Christ, a love that calls us to sacrifice, a love uh, that lays down one's self for the sake of others, whether they seem worthy or not. Isn't that what Christ did for us? They are churches who are known as places uh, that deeply care for people. They're motivated to help and to make a difference, uh, not simply because they want to feel better themselves, but they genuinely care about other people. This church at Thessalonians, in chapter 4, Paul says uh, this to them. He says uh, that... um, He doesn't even need to talk to them about love, that they are so good at it because they do loving deeds for people throughout Macedonia and the region. He says they are so good at making God's love known in the world and in their region that everybody knows about them. See, so often in our churches today, we get focused on this idea of sin and damnation and hell. And in fact, if you, if you look at the population that is not connected to the church, predominantly their description of the church is that the church is a bunch of judgmental people. It's a, it's, a, it's a place that's defined by what they are against rather than what they are for. And you know it, there are churches out there which revel in telling the rest of the world that they are just godless and that they're going to hell. Yes? Way too often, what is supposed to be the good news... Sounds an awful lot like bad news, doesn't it? See, I think the Thessalonians understood that the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. They made God's love known in their world. They did that. I think that rather than being judgmental and condemning other people, they listened to Jesus' words in John where he says, I came to give life. I did not come to, to, to condemn. And so the good news was God has come and God accepts and loves all people. They were a community that when people connected with them, that they experienced healing and wholeness and forgiveness. They were a community in which folks knew that if they stepped foot into it, they would not be judged for who they were. But they would be loved and surrounded until they became the person God intended them to be. You hear the difference? They were a church defined and known by the cruciform love of Christ. A love that sacrificed so that others might connect with God. So this was a church that lived by faith. It was a church that was defined and known by their love. It was also a church that was a beacon of hope. You know, I don't know. Uh, This may be the biggest problem we have in the church today, it seems like to me. Maybe I'm wrong. But sometimes... um, Church folks, folks who supposedly know and are in a relationship with Jesus Christ are some of the most pessimistic people I know. They look at the world and they say, Oh my gosh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. There is no hope. Maybe Jesus will come tomorrow and deliver us from all of this mess. It's almost as if we believe that God is no longer at work in the world. Yes? Of all the people in our world today, yes, uh, the world is a mess. There's brokenness and there's, there's hurting, there's dysfunction everywhere we look. But if there are any people who ought to be hopeful, it is the followers of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, most people are looking for the answer anywhere and everywhere other than in God. And we know that the answer to all that aches the world is Jesus. We have God's promise that God is at work in the world even when we are unable to see it. We may not know in some situations where God is at work, but we have God's promise that even if we give up on the world, God does not and will not and will never give up on the world. So you see, it seems uh, that the people of Christ, we ought to be those voices of hope. We ought to be the people proclaiming, yes, there are discouraging and hurting things that are going on. We ought to be the people who speak up against injustice and the people who say there is hope because God is at work. And God is at work in and through us. We should be a people who know that the most hopeless, I don't know about you, but the most hopeless time in my life was when um, I was not very Christ-filled, where I was off doing my own thing instead of following Christ. We ought to be a people who have known and discovered that when we are Christ-filled, then we are a hopeful people and we see the world differently. Because we know that the kingdom of God is breaking into this world in ways that go beyond our understanding. And that God will continue to break into the world through people like you and I, as we live by faith, as we allow ourselves to be filled and known by the love of God and love of others, and as we express a hope that's not just a wish, but a hope that is rooted in the promises of God. See, the message of the church is that we know there is brokenness, but we also know where to find healing. Jesus said, I came to set the captive free. I came that the blind might see. I came that the oppressed might experience justice. Jesus is still on that mission today. It's just in and through us, His church. Indeed, we will know when we were a church like the church at Thessalonica, a church that lives by faith, is known and defined by love, and is a beacon and a voice of hope. When we look around... And we see, in addition to all of us, a perfect, um, well, godly, holy people, right? That there are broken people. That there are hurting people. That there are discouraged people. That there are people who are seeking and looking for something more. And they are gathering with us. Because this is the place where they experience healing. This is the place where they are comforted, where they are encouraged. This is the place where they discover they get a second chance. This is the place where they experience God's forgiveness. This is the place where they experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that embraces them and loves them and shapes them and forms them into the people God intended them to be so that they too can go forth to make a difference in the lives of other people. You see, the church that flourishes, it's not the church with the best programs It's not the church with the best methods or the best processes or the best structure. It's not even the church with the best doctrine. It is churches that are filled with people who live by faith, who are defined by love, and who are a relentless voice of hope because they know Jesus Christ and they want others to know Christ also. May we be a community that lives by faith, is defined by love, and is a beacon of hope in our community. Amen. If our ushers will come forward. You're invited um, during this time to give back a portion of what God has blessed you with. To offer up your tithes, to offer up your gifts, to offer up your very lives. So that God might continue to use all that you have and are so that his kingdom might spread throughout our world. your power upon these gifts, upon the givers, indeed, Lord, that we will know that we are the people that you have called, through whom you intend to make a difference in the lives of other people, as they connect with you and each other and grow in relationship to Christ, and are empowered and gifted by the Spirit to go out and to touch others. In Christ's name, amen. Now remain standing as we join our voices together in Holy Spirit, Truth Divine. I don't know about you, Kobe, but um, I think this congregation is well on their way to be in a church like Thessalonica. What do you think? think Amen. Let us hear God's invitation to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a beacon of light. Let us go knowing That God doesn't call us to do that in our own power, but he calls us to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. God goes with us and enables us to do that. Not just so that we might flourish, but so that Cameron and the region around us might flourish because Jesus Christ is known and followed. That's when the world and our community will experience healing and wholeness, and hope. Go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, to make it happen. Amen.